Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Nick. It's a nice, leisurely Tuesday. Yeah. Feel good. My weight is down. That'll change by Friday, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I did a mad dash for Costco pies. That was insanity. Like pecan, or what'd you get? No, the big pumpkin pies they got. Pumpkin pies, okay. Yeah, they sell them. I didn't know you were a big pie guy. I'm not. No. I just get them for Thanksgiving. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, five bucks a piece, man. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. Well, I mean, and so it's weird. It was was a mess at Costco right now. That's so weird. (laughs) Shocking, I don't know why that would be. Who knew? (laughs) I finally figured it out that I- It's like Black Friday and teepee. I, I, I will I plan it in my schedule and I go when they open. Like I'm there at like nine forty five. They usually open early. Yeah. It's me and every other geriatric person, which is lovely because we all take our time walking around Costco. So yeah, yeah. So everyone's been asking about Black Friday deals this year because it's usually like you know that's why everybody asks you because you ha- you're supposed to have your finger on the pulse. I had to turn off a bunch of my slick deals because I have too many things. Oh yeah, yeah. Slick deals was sending me literally sixty emails a day. So <laughs> too many alerts. Set <laughs> yeah, up? I had to I had to tune that down. Yeah. Yeah, actually, didn't it's funny because Black Friday Online's kind of gone away. They're, they have Black Friday deals, but they're usually trash. It's usually the stuff. Wait. Long, if you watch prices huh. over the years, or like I have a price. Black track. Friday started in August too. It really gonna, did. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. so I bought some stuff ahead of time. The only thing I bought this year was a little uh, M.2 SSD for a spare gaming PC I made. Oh, okay. So, what are you gaming on there? What do you mean? You gaming? What game? What am I playing? Play? Yeah. Oh, I'm Sorry. older stuff. I actually not playing. You can anything tell I'm new. a gamer. What <laughs> games are you playing, sir? <laughs> you got like nah. Uno and. Uh... <laughs> so I, I treat games the same way I kind of buy cars. I wait for them to work out the kinks. Yeah. And then I buy the game. So I don't. I'm not a like. Oh, I can't wait for this game to come out. I'm like, no. So I you can just w- picked up Grand Theft Auto then? Pretty huh? much. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, so I wait like a year or even several years because. Sure. So a gaming pipelines, anybody who's not in the industry goes, so like, you, you say you're going to release a day, game on a certain date, crunch time happens, then you find all the bugs, then you release it a year later, if you're lucky. And that's actually a very typical thing for a gaming cycle. What was the one the recently cycle. that took forever and was horrible? Um, Cyberpunk 2077. Thank you. Okay, and it yeah. went nuts. Okay. Yeah, it was like the Duke Nukem forever of Got it. Yeah, okay. video games again. Yeah. And so that's kind of the running joke. But I mean, even good games, they never meet their deadlines and they're always late. And usually the DLC is what you want because then they fixed all the bugs. And so I typically play one to two years after release, even on really popular games. It's funny, and I don't say this because we have friends there, but I feel like Forza and Turn 10 do a really good job yeah. of releasing on time, and the product is good, and the, you know, so. Oh, yeah. 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 So, that's interesting. Yeah, Turn 10 is remarkably organized for the game industry. <laughs> like, <laughs> remarkably. It, it, they're a, a, I don't know, they're a complete anomaly in the gaming world that they are able to do. And, and don't get me wrong, I know people at the studios, I know how hard they work. I'm not saying... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying like, (laughs) like I know they have crunch time too to get Mm -hmm. things done, but like a lot of studios, even really big ones you think of, are in chaos before games launch. I mean, weeks before games launch, everybody's running around like, is this thing even going to run? Yeah. And that doesn't seem to be the case. (laughs) I feel like with Forza, they tell everybody, we're releasing on July 4th, and then they tell the public, we're not releasing till October. (laughs) (laughs) There's something like that. Yeah, Yeah, that it's ready. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Forza does come out remarkably polished, Mm -hmm. and every game has bugs. But anyway, so back to the question, because I should probably answer that. I have been going way back. I've been playing, I've been replaying Fallout 4, which is a very old game at this point. Skyrim, and I most recently added The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt with all the expansions, which I've played before, but like now that I haven't played it with all the expansions on it, so I'm just replaying it again okay. for nostalgia's sake and a new gaming PC, so I'm just going through it. Nothing new, nothing Fun. too exciting, but I'll tell you what, though. I, I think I've said this before. I treat Fallout 4 like The Sims more than I treat it like Fallout at this point. 
because I've played the game through so many times. I know all the stories. I know they, all the potential. There's multiple endings. I've done all of them. So now I'm just like, how do I build my settlement so they're the most automated and the most efficient? <laughs> and I'm literally, like, I'm hey. literally treating the game like like it's The Sims. I feel like there, there's there got to be some good content out there of people that are doing that, like the gamers and stuff like that. You know, the modders, The modder community for Skyrim and Fallout is insane. It's amazing. Like, it's a completely different game than when it first started at this point. <laughs> like, they've broken every limit of the game because they've expanded the hard the hardware has come so far since the game was released i think it was released in 2016 so i mean it's an old old game at this point yeah but people have kept up there's like you know 2k and 4k texture packs there's massive side missions that aren't like oh one extra inning it's like no this is like an extra you know 30 hours of gameplay that's completely custom made custom voiced custom skinned custom yeah. graphics like they're doing added, a good job of keeping up on yeah, it, yeah i added all like vintage weapons to the game oh, <laughs> of, like okay. custom outfits for my characters they added a thing called the sims expansion we're way off topic on the show here but it makes basically makes like the npcs smarter oh, okay because back then if you think about if you yeah. think about computing power back then it took a ton of power just to get an npc to follow the same track and when you have a city of like 50 of them, which doesn't seem like that much now. I'm learning with our audience right now. <laughs> but like, I mean, if you're trying to get all those things to move in sync and react a certain way, sure. that takes a lot of computing power. Well, now our computing power, you know, doubles every year, as Moore's Law says. So it's about there. And so people have taken advantage of that. Now, like, I can go back to a settlement in multi-weeks or multi-months later in the game, and it's a completely new settlement with new vendor shops set up, and everybody knows everybody. Faster, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And I'm sitting here waiting for Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out. That's my big thing, so. Well, we joke that the next Fallout will be released when the the, the next release of... When there's an actual Fallout? When there's yeah. actual Fallout, <laughs> we'll just be in the Great. game. It won't be a new Super. game, we'll just be in it. <laughs> yeah, you're in it now. Congratulations, <laughs> this is life. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. so anyway, that's what I've been doing. Lots of fun stuff. Fun, well, cool. Now that I've lost our car audience, they're like, what are you okay. talking about? I think, I think it's important for every once in a while for us to have an episode like this and kind of, you know, let people know that we're still crazy in the head and we like to go off on... We like on to play topics. with things. I mean, and all of our car friends have jobs and play video games and things like that. I mean, it's not, we're not talking to people about this. We don't. So, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing. Somebody, we've said this on the show it's before. It's good to it's laugh. Like, I'm probably... Yeah. Like, when you talk about our age, it's like, I'm old enough to remember when it was dangerous to meet people on the internet. <laughs> dangerous oh i gotta stop doing that <laughs> well, and now it's like what do you mean you are you trying to tell me those chat rooms in aol back in 85 were dangerous dan oh pre-85 pre-aol <laughs> no, 95 sorry 95 pre-aol pre-internet yeah, chat rooms yeah, yeah exactly nice Boy. well what do you got for our uh our, our carter uh, carter subaru tip of the week um well it started with uh started with me backing into something in your apartment <laughs> complex that's that's how this worked out which I, I learned. You're not the only person that's done it. I've watched two other people do it now. So, so there's some unmarked overhead beams at your apartment complex. They're wonderful when you can see them. Yeah, they're very pretty. Yeah. Except for the fact that you can't see them at night because there's yep. no lighting. Um, that's a whole other mess. Anyway, long story short, I have this rack on the top of my truck. And it's um, Extrusion Overland. I love the rack. Um, they're a small company. They're a very small company. But I like their product. They The way it's extruded aluminum bars, so like it's very versatile. I can mount whatever I want on it. Great rack. Anyway, I backed into this overhead post that I couldn't see at night. And I did it very low speed, thank God. So it didn't actually damage the truck, but it damaged the rack. And the the, the rack mounts to the retracts bed cover. It just tilted back a little yeah, bit. It tilted. Yeah. It bent all the brackets. And until I took it apart, I wasn't sure how far the damage yeah. had gone. But I knew I needed new brackets. It didn't pull up the bed is what you're saying. No. Good. Didn't hurt the bed. Didn't hurt the cab. Didn't hit the cab with the, that. So, But I was like, well, I talked to the police. And they said... Well, none of the... the, one, the police? Oh, yeah, because I... Police report. Why? Uh, because if I was going to file a claim. Oh. It's technically a collision. No yes. matter, okay. 
And, and they're like, well, you're, there's no lighting, there's no markings, it's an overhead over a parking spot. Technically, they have to. Well, <laughs> here's what you should do if you ever do that. Number one, do not call your insurance if you know how to fix something yourself. Okay. Um, even just saying that I hit something basically started a collision claim, even though I never filed the collision claim. Oh. And there's no way to cancel what's been fired. It'll affect your rates just by saying it. So no damage to the overhead beam out there, and I spent 80 bucks on some brackets to have all four replaced and a little elbow grease and some Loctite. And I was pretty much back, to good to go. But you're on the bad, the bad boy list Basically, now? there's a collision claim that is not paid. I never took a payment for it, and they never paid out for it. But okay. it's a claim on my record. Huh. So, um, and I, like... I feel it, like you should be able to go back and expunge that, like, bad things on your credit report kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Okay. And so, um, like I say, you know, insurance is like politicians You should ch- and diapers. You change them often because they need to be. <laughs> and I have no loyalty toward insurance companies okay. um, at all. It's whoever yeah. gives you the best rate and has the same response. It's pretty much all the same. And you never know what the response is going to be until you have a claim. So Right. And so tough. I have yet to see if this will affect my rates. But I should have done a little more research before even making the call. Like, I could go through with it, follow through with it. But as you get older, you will realize something very important, and that time is money. And I don't have a lot of free time. And it was quicker for me just to repair the rack myself and the bed frame. And so the retracts is aluminum. I don't have to worry about it rusting. So I have a hammer and dolly set. It was a few quick taps with a hammer and a dolly to get it like perfect. You can't even tell it was ever happened. It literally just put, pulled up the aluminum a little bit. No problem. I put down a, a microfiber towel, tapped it back into place. Good so as new. I'm, I'm going to go back a little bit. When you called them and you said, hey, what about this? The lady was like, I hate, hate to inform you this, but you have now yeah. started the gears turning and we can't drop, yeah. stop it. It's a collision. Tell her not to enter it in the computer. Like, hey. You know. Oh, they literally had to go out to your apartment, too. And have, they wanted somebody to check for damage because that's where it happened. They said, I said, well, I was at my buddy's huh. place. I said, back then this was lighting. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, just like HR, insurance companies are not on your side. They well, yes, I understand yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. And so, that's, huh. that said, if you ever have this kind of thing, look at the damage. Look at your car. If you can fix it on your own, and I mean, be honest with yourself. This was something I could clearly <laughs> yeah. fix on my own yeah. with a little bit of time. Like I said, it literally was, it took me maybe three hours completely doing it myself. It wasn't even hard repair. It was like literally replace the brackets, put some extra Loctite on the bolts, a couple of hits with a hammer, and I was done. Yeah. It was really easy to repair it. Hmm. And that was it. That was all I needed to do. But it was one of those, it's one of those six months from now when I re-up my claim, my re-up my policy. Am I, am I, are my rates going to go up? Maybe. We'll see. The fact that you said they sent somebody out here, that's interesting. Um, means that they, they, it cost them money. So I'm assuming oh, yeah. that they're going to Oh, yeah. Want that nothing's, money back. Nothing's somehow. for free. No, of course. So. Nothing is for free. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, so okay. that's a whole mess I'll have to deal with down the road. Lesson learned. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I guess that is a, a, that is a very good point. I mean, I, and it's funny because coming from the insurance industry, I'm on the other side with the life and disability. Like, I very much can call in, and this is different, obviously. I can call into a life insurance company and go, what type of rate would you give this person without running all their stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it doesn't ding them. But um, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, huh. so even mentioning it. Yeah, Don't well, forget, that's, folks. Corporate is corporate. Yeah, that's it's like they're here to make money, right? You know. So yeah, yeah. I, I, in some in one sense, I get it. On the other side, it's like, well, if nobody's paying out anything, I th- yeah, I, I feel like unless you actually filed the claim and you didn't, then that should be a, a phone call conversation. It should, and I, I I still, if I get you know a wild hair up my ass, I might call the Washington Insurance Commissioner and file a complaint because you yeah. can do that, and you should, by the way, when because I'm like, you basically just kind of took it. They're basically. If They're they looking give for more, a reason to Yeah, and money. I'm old enough now, and I have good credit, so I'll just drop my insurance company like a bad habit um, and just get a different one. What's the uh, fried green tomato? <laughs> yeah. Face that I'm older and I have better insurance. Yeah, yeah. and so it's sure. like, no, nah, yeah. it's, it's, 
it's like I said, it's more of an annoyance thing. And I don't think any, and probably another insurance company would probably do the same thing. Yeah. So, and that's why I'm bringing it up as a Carter Super tip is that, hey, before you do this, if it's, and I don't mean like you hit another car, <laughs> then you'd want your insurance involved because especially if you hit somebody else, but this was a stationary object, which literally took no damage at all. Well, and I so, would also tell people, you know, this is the Avance community. Go out and talk to your friends. Yeah. I will say this, do not post it on Facebook because yeah. then, that, then there, there is physical something like that. Your insurance company might even be able to find that. So, yeah. you know, reach out to the Avance community and say, hey, I've got, I've got an issue. Um, I have an insurance question. Someone, I have an insurance question and, and, you know, people will come to oh, you. Oh, and you I know. did. I reached out to the Avance community and somebody was looking into different policies from me already. There you go. All so, right. Like I said, change it often. You can, and it's, uh, if you, it's actually a common mistake to ignore your policy because it will go up over time. That's just the nature of insurance, and you should change it often because then you can fight for those. Give, a lot of them have introductory rates, and in Washington State, they don't check back when three years. They're not allowed to. Mine keeps going up, but I keep adding things to it, like oh, new, yeah, yeah, new yeah, cars, yeah. new bikes, that. and things like that. And then, in fact, I we should talk about that. Reminds me, I have to call them because there's oh, a yeah. new piece of uh, something in my property that could be more valuable. You so. should definitely call. Them no, I know <laughs> I need to. I, I'm, I'm thinking that's going to fall under my renters, but I also want to make sure. Mm. If it's going to, okay, so I'll just say this. I bought a new mountain bike and I am, I mean, if you, a very nice, a very bike. nice mountain bike. And you know, from listening to the episodes, I used to ride bikes and some, I, I want to, I, I say the term race, but I didn't, you know, I was, I pointed, I was in down. races. I was a large <laughs> child and I pointed myself down the hill. It happened, but um, <laughs> I, I bought a new bike and absolutely love it. But it is a full carbon Cannondale Jekyll. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. Like it's to the point where I got it home and I was like, I don't know if I want to ride it. Like It's beautiful. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I mean, I have to make sure that that bike is covered because of the price I paid for it and the fact of if it was to be stolen in here, I mean, I will, it will never like my bike, my, my community, which has no lighting, <laughs> has a bike storage, but I would never put it in there. No. So it will stay inside my apartment, but I want to make sure that if it's out and about, I've got some system that's going to go into my rack and it, lo- it will lock on there now. But, uh, you know, people are creative and at the yeah. end of the day. It's locked to the to the mount, but the mount really can't lock to the car as far as that goes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but I watch a lot of lock picking lawyer when I'm bored. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should check that out. By the way, YouTube lock picking lawyer. If you're looking for a lock for anything at all, you want to start with that source, and he will show you. It's you it, will find out that no lock is safe. Like no. Some of them he breaks through. People are like it's unbreakable, and it's like <laughs> he sinks the Titanic in two seconds. But yeah, yeah so. ten seconds later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because he, he takes the obvious approach too, which I like. It's like, do I need to pick it or can I just hit it really hard with a large object and it will open? <laughs> a lot of the time, the it's like, ape technique. Yeah, yes. they're like, it's yeah. impenetrable until you have a large sledgehammer yeah. <laughs> or the average bolt cutters that somebody bought for $15. I think a lot of locks in, in, in automotive and, and in biking and things like that are more of a visual deterrent than a real. Yeah, people are looking for the easy grab. Yeah. So, which makes sense. When I got my property, there was uh, a bunch of locks on the barn doors that were these old rusted master locks. Yeah, and I was spin like, ones, yeah. Yeah, when I was like, we're going to get the keys for these. And I was like, I don't need the keys. I have bolt cutters. And like five <laughs> seconds later, they're all Bang. off. They're yeah. old rusted locks. I don't care. Yeah. I'm replacing them with my own anyway. There you <laughs> go. I was like... You also want a lock that you can cut through because you're going to eventually lose a key and you're going to have to cut yeah. through your own locks. Yeah. Like, here's my key. My yep. $15 Amazon special <laughs> bolt cutters went through Which it like, work really well, yeah. Went through it like butter. And I'm like, yeah. man, <laughs> yeah. adding these to the tool set for if I'm ever locked out of a gate. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So what do we want to talk about today? Um, this is our fun episode where we kind of get to be us. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about something. That, the, the truck reminded me of it. Mm-hmm. And I... I 
I've got two topics for today I'd love to talk about. One are winter projects. Okay. Uh, I asked the Avance community on this. A lot of people are going big on their winter projects, which is cool to see. I didn't know you asked the Avance. I missed that. Oh, I put it, yeah, I put it on the Avance page. So oh, what, okay. what is your winter project? Okay. So a lot of All people right. are doing the same thing. I have shops and stuff. But yeah. one of the things I thought about is what has been like my biggest, most costly automotive mistake? And, and costly can be, I was thinking time or was it money? And there's both. At this point, Time is more painful for me than money. In my mind right now, I'm going, I had done nothing. And then I think I've done a lot of stupid stuff with cars. Yeah. My C63 was... Oh, the Christmas tree. Yeah. Probably the most annoying one I've ever had. Because it was in the shop. I had it for less than a year. And it was in the shop more than I had it like in my possession. And I had this little... I had a Corolla that I was commuting with. Um, I wasn't driving that every day. But that thing... That was the worst car I've ever had due to the previous owner. And I think, thanks to Mercedes of Linwood, they, they took care of a lot of problems for me. They, they really Was, was it warrantied, though? Uh, sort of. So I forget what the name of it is. And Mercedes has a code that they put on a car. Um, it flags it in the system, basically. It says, hey, this thing is a problem child. Oh, so it was a problem child from when somebody bought it. And as long as it continues to be a problem child. Sort of. So there's not like, it's not like a lemon law thing. With mine, it was basically the previous owner had modifications that were on the car. And they were all removed when I got it. And I didn't know. But luckily, the dealer in California had done their due diligence and had recorded all of those mods. So it, luckily and unluckily. Which is the point, too. If you're going to mod your car and you take it into a dealership, they're probably going to document it. And once it's in the system yeah. or in any system, yep. somebody's going to know. Yeah, and it's, you know, that's looking out for their tech for one. Yeah. Guarantee you some guys said, no, it's totally stock. I'm, I'm, all the automotive techs right now are laughing. No, it's stock. And then they look under the end, like the wiring hodgepodge of somebody with like, like house yeah. <laughs> twist ties. <That's, laughs> stereo twist. speaker wire with your power wire running through the dash. Yep, great idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and well, I don't know why electrical doesn't work or why it's on fire, but maybe it's. Why this. does it smell like something's burning inside my car? Yeah. Yep. And so that car, um, it had every problem under the sun. It was, I don't even know where to start. That was the most disappointing mistake. And here's the thing: if I had done the due diligence, so what I had done is I I had googled the VIN and I had done a Carfax and nothing came up. But what I should have done with a car like that now this is 2000. 13 or 14 the car was a 2012 i think i bought it in 14 or 15 so it wasn't that old i'm still under warranty i'm thinking i'm still under warranty so and sure enough it comes up under warranty but what i didn't do is go to a dealer and say can look you into this yeah look into this and a car like that you want to like there's some cars i don't really care like i said my corolla what <laughs> who's gonna mod a corolla nine to eight? okay i take it back a lot of people yeah. would <laughs> bad example yeah, okay. yeah i get you <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot yeah. of leftover 90s <laughs> yeah super street cars out there that were big wings on the back right yeah, yeah. so but i mean like that, that's less of a concern because it's not a very complicated car but the mercedes like, this guy had done everything to it and there was the dealership once i took it in they were like yeah this thing's had like every suspension mod under the sun to it every motor mod it's been tuned so he when he before he sold it he took everything off basically took everything and, and, off and, and basically and erased it but it was already in the system under that car yeah they, they i forget the name of the flag somebody out there is yelling it at the radio i know but, but i mean if and and maybe i'm putting the cart in front of the horse here if he modded it and then the, the, the dealership caught it and then he took everything off and sold it and the car comes back to the dealership they would be able to then note that all of the things are gone but that stuff could have already done damage therefore it doesn't count right so like they tuned the car and but you have to so like think of it this way you can do mods to your car and still keep your warranty because they have to prove that the mod caused the damage yes 
But that's not that hard to do now. In in modern cars, with all the computers on board, it's it's really not that hard to tell. Like if you know, hey, you're pushing 800 horsepower out of your 500 horsepower stock out of your Corolla, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, you know, the motor blew. Hmm, maybe that's related. This is aftermarket, <laughs> sir. Why do you say that? Well, because there's a there's a Lexus engine under the hood of your uh, Corolla here, and uh, we know <laughs> <Yeah>. that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a and straight it's a six out of a Supra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's now rear wheel drive. <laughs> your Prius has no more batteries left, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so what I should have done though is, like I said, I should have gone to the dealer, and they would have they would have told me flat out, "Do not buy this Do not car." Buy this car. Yeah. yeah, like it has it's already been flagged as it's going to be a problem. And, and so, if, if listeners don't know, I mean, this thing Christmas treed on the freeway and damn, like, every, every light in the world came on. And yeah, so oh, that's it, why I call it the Christmas. And that's just it. it's like it doesn't even end there though. Yeah, like it wasn't just the bad electronics from a bad tune and. Um, the intakes had been modded. Like, it didn't just have intakes. The intakes were modded for more flow. It has carbon, uh, charcoal filters in, in, like, part of the emission stuff had been removed. Okay. And so because the tune was removed, it, it ran like crap. Yeah. Like, it ran fine until you would get wide open throttle a bunch, and then it would retard the timing and shut it down. Sure. I had a fuel pump go bad. I had three of my lug nuts shear off because they had been over-torqued. This was, like, shortly after I got it. I was driving home, and after driving home from California with no problems... <laughs> it uh i was turning a corner and i was like man no that problems, feels right. weird yeah and then like kind of shaky and i pulled over into a parking lot like immediately because the like i thought like something had broken in the suspension i had one lug nut holding a wheel on one there's a lug bolt actually and so then i was like so i took one out of every other wheel yes of course and then i had to extract the ones that were broken off in the hub so that was fun i had a wheel break um i had a f- uh Flow, what is that? Forge Star F14, which early Forge Star wheels were. Oh, the torque. wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, got it. I yeah. Had the spokes cracked on it. They actually re- warranted it for me, no problem. Which Forge Star did? Forge Star did. Okay. They, were, they were actually great cause, um, to work with. And at first I was like, man, this is BS. The more I found out about the car, though, I realized how it had been driven. Yeah. And I'm going to go with that these things were probably spaced out before. And this guy probably had just abused the heck out of these wheels. Like, because okay. I, I learned through a lot of internet sleuthing, the car had full like race coilovers on it, which are great when you're racing. As we've covered in this podcast before, those things have a time and a place. On the street, they just mean a very terrible ride. <laughs> um, and they have street coilovers, so like you could do that. But no, this thing had been beaten every which way from Sunday. Like sway bar mounts that cracked and went bad. Every bushing went bad because the, I think it had, it wasn't stance, but it had like some pretty negative camber on it for like the, the flush. Probably loop. wasn't lowered properly. Even no. If it was put oh, on no. race suspension. No, it wasn't, not at all. You know, there's a lot you have to do when you're doing that stuff. Yeah. In a, you know. But anyway, yeah, that car had 11 months. It spent six months in the shop. That was the one though I sold to that guy who showed up and like less than a week later, he, he like wrapped it around a telephone pole. Which is probably where it needed to be. I, I, oh yeah, yeah. No, he was coked out of his mind. Oh, yeah. He's the guy who paid me like twenty grand in cash and small bills at the okay. bank. <laughs> well, like, no warning signs there. No, yeah. I yeah. was like, okay. I mean, I gave him a good deal on because I just was like ready to burn it down, but I wasn't going to commit insurance fraud. Itself down. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so well, I I got it back to as running as I could, and technically it was still under warranty even when I sold it. But that meant, but that warranty status, that flag on it, meant somebody from regional had to come out and inspect it every time. So Ooh. when it was in the shop, it would sit there for like two weeks before somebody would come out. It was okay. a nightmare. Um, Believe a technician. 
You no, know, the technician was good. It just it had been flagged from the factory. Yeah, I understand part, that. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact you'd think that after the first time somebody has to come out, they don't want to send somebody out every time just because. Yeah, no, I, wow. I got to hand it to Mercedes Linwood, though. They, they went really yeah. far out on a limb for good me. Good dealership. Yeah, they took good care of me at the time. Yeah. I, this is a long time ago, of course, but I don't know how they are now. But at the time, they were really good to me. The RX-7 yeah, was the other one, though. That you, I think you just have to say that as an RX-7. Yeah, it was so. a, FD with a single turbo conversion and a stage two street port and custom injectors, custom tune. This is pre OBD2. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was probably the fastest car I ever had through the mid range when it ran, which was sort of like a month. I'm not even kidding. Like, I think the total time I had that car, it probably ran straight for maybe like a solid 30 days of its life. I mean, we've talked about this before. How did these rotary engines continue? Like, when they were new, how did... I mean, it feels well, like... here's the thing. With I know the, yours was highly modified. Yeah, but, you mine know. was highly modified and poorly modified by the people who did it. And I didn't do it myself. Um, they... Seems to be a pattern here. They went out of business shortly after that. Okay. Um, they Really shortly after that. They were a pretty terrible, notoriously bad shop uh, that used to exist here. Out, actually, by KD, where KD is right now. That's where they were. Or what? Off Woodenville. It's not KD. KD is great. I'm talking about that where KD is now. There was a rotary shop. KD? KD Automotive. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, right off Willow's I'm there. KD. I was like, no, I don't no. know who KD is. Yeah, KD is so, fantastic. Okay, I wish yeah. they were the sorry. ones we were going to. Yeah, no, gotcha. um, no, but that, they used to take that space there. But um, rotaries, not a lot of people are used to having an engine that they need to add oil to, and it does. They are very sensitive to modding. When they run modded well, they run amazing but they are not an engine you can just get in and drive. It's like, I don't know how to say it. Like I said, if you know how to own and operate a rotary, you can actually do relatively well with it. No, I will never believe anybody who says they are as reliable as another engine. They are not. They are not as efficient. They don't get very good mileage as much as people say I've they do. I've never heard reliability out of it. And maybe it's because everybody I know has modified it. Um, yeah. But like, I look at these cars that came off the factory floor, and I'm like, and people still talked about reliability. If you were okay with literally adding oil to your engine every time you drive it, because it kind of oddly burns somewhat like a two-cycle. I know, don't at me. I know it's not a two-cycle engine. I'm <laughs> saying the same way where you add oil, and it sure. uses it to burn and lubricate the apex seals. Um, then they do okay, but they're just not a car that I would, you want to be the first owner, and you want to have like know exactly what you're doing from the beginning. Sure. And then they're usually okay at best. The the FD had uh, so many issues. It had 70, 70 plus vacuum lines in that motor. And when one went out, you never really knew because you wouldn't know until it was too late. And then with had sequential turbos, which were a great idea, but they didn't execute very well. The Supra did as well. We had a smaller one and a larger one, and that was supposed to help your spool up time because yeah. the turbo lag was so bad, and they were trying to, they didn't really quite have the technology to tune around it like we do now. Put another one in there. Yeah, put a smaller one and then a bigger one. Uh, but that added a lot of heat soak on one side of the engine. And so you had a hot and a cold side of the motor, so much so that you could actually hear like the coolant bubbling on one side until it would circulate around when you stopped the car after a hard session. It's kind of funny. Um, so they had a lot of little issues. Like that car was underpriced. And I say underpriced in the sense that they needed another 40 grand to make that car right. And so it was a lot of compromises made. But it was still, I think, one of my favorite looking cars from the 90s. And I think a, that car with like an S2000 swap in it would be really cool. Or as, yeah, as the LS, actually, when it's all said and done, everybody likes to give that motor crap who's like a rotary enthusiast because like no it's sacrilege i'm like do you want your car to run or not yeah they ls's run and fit great in that car 
put a coyote in there. I feel like that would be a good motor too. Yeah. Any small V8 would be fantastic, and especially a modern one because they're so light now. Yeah. Like even a even a turbo six. My plane. Yeah. A turbo V six. Oh yeah. Would be 100%. perfect in there. Yeah. So because I love that body style. I love the pop up headlights. I, if I had the the space and the time and the money, I would buy another one at LS Swap it immediately because I love the body. I fit great in that car. Minus, and I think I was the only one that came out of this. Well, in the first Fast and the Furious movie, Dom's Dom's the first car he had, the red one, the wide body, was one of the most beautiful cars. Everybody, I, everybody wanted the Skylines, and and I love that car. I yeah. went to the premiere Fast and the Furious in my RX. Oh, okay, it All ran right. just long enough to get me there and back. Works okay. <laughs> Fair, and it was fun. Yeah. yeah. All okay. right, I've said enough. What about you? I mean, a lot of mistakes were made. Uh, I think, you know, one of my first cars was, a, I think, a 92 Subaru Legacy Wagon, and I was at the time thinking it was going to make it cool, and I went to a store, the general store, actually, in Spokane, and I got all this hose loom and wrapped everything in the oh, engine yeah. and, Fire. and yellow plastic, which melted most of the things. I, I mean, I thought I was pretty smart on what I was putting it on. Um, but I think... As far as the car that I put the most money into and, and probably did things to, I shouldn't have. I actually have, after the 92 Subaru, I had a 2000 Subaru Legacy that I bought from my grandmother. And I proceeded to take that. And I was working at a shop in Spokane called Motor Trends. And we were doing all the Wings West body kits. Oh, yeah. Taking all that stuff. And I lowered that car. I should have never lowered that car. I mean, and if you don't remember, and, and, and not that you would, like the, the 2000s Legacies were huge. Like, I mean, even to the point, it was bigger than my car, my wilderness now. Like, it was a big car. And it was uh, an automatic, and I lowered that car. And we did so many things. We were talking about the battery thing, but, like, I put police edition flashers in it. How I got a hold of, like, brand new off the internet. The internet was a new thing then. Oh, yeah, uh, you could order. There was a sweet time people oh, forget yeah. about where you could order anything off the internet. It was great. <laughs> and I put those police edition flashers in, and, and it called for a very large gauge power wire for that because it was a lot of power for apparently to, 17 police lights it looked really good by the way <laughs> the fact that i had to drill holes in my lights and i didn't seal it was an issue down the oh, line. i did that uh-huh yeah but i touched that wire to something and it melted all the way back through the car like and it literally you talk about like i watched it go under the carpet smoking and burning and like to the point where the and finally and i'm watching it and the guy that's with me finally took an axe and literally put it through the carpet to stop it from doing so which worked but it had already burned a long ways but uh i did that in my rx7 yeah I mean, I it was. Didn't, I had a bad ground and <laughs> yeah. it, it went all the way it up. Just through. fried. Yep. Yeah. Smoked the whole line. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was funny. The funniest part was I remember um, there, was a, there was a place in Spokane called Radioactive and they were a radio place. And it was, at the time, I should have looked at it and said they were a little shady, but they were good guys. Um, and I put in a TV screen in there, which I, it was funny because when the legacy, you had to put it in low. So it blocked all the heater controls and stuff like that. So you couldn't, you know, <laughs> Yeah. well, it was one of the first ones that didn't have a head unit that was underneath the seat. It was all built into the thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what was under my seat was a giant control unit that controlled all of the lights. So when somebody came and robbed the car, they thought they were stealing the head unit and the base and they took the they took the the head so none of my lights worked which was fun um great car i just did things like i lowered it and i didn't you know the, the subaru all-wheel drive systems don't like to be lowered uh-huh. and they don't like to be not especially not then now yeah, they're a little better they're too. better now obviously yeah. but those i mean those and especially you know if you don't know a lot of all-wheel drive cars and subarus are, are 
famous for this. If you blow out a tire and, and then you get a new one and your old one, the other ones are old, you're going to have to get four new tires because they need to. Yeah, or shave them. They're yeah. grumpy. They're grumpy. And it sucks to buy new tires and have to shave them. But I think that was probably, I mean, between the 92 and I did a lot of stupid things to that. That was a stick. That was a fun car. It was a great car. It's like the old school legacy. Love that car. And ironically, they were both the same color. Um, but I think the 2000 legacy was the one that, that was like, and it, it actually ended up making its way all the way over here. I sold it over here, and it sold really fast because it was a big wagon that you could take a ton of people in, and obviously, and I had I did a full cat skin interior, and it was red, and it was, it was very kook colors, actually, but it was just a lot of things that I, I mean, I learned a lot on that car, and that car suffered for that, unfortunately, um, you know, um, but, uh, and we all did the stupid stuff, like where, you know, you take the front grill out, and you cut it out, and you go to Home Depot, and you get some fencing, and you put it behind there, and staple it in. There was just a lot of janky things that I learned how to be the little bit of a mechanic that I am today, <laughs> so um, I think that was probably my biggest regret. Like, I didn't do much to the motor, because I couldn't at the time, because um, I remember back then, I had a buddy of mine that when the WRX first came out, so that was... Bug Eye, that was that first... Yeah, the Bug Eye, what was that? 2002? 2002, something like that. Somewhere uh, somebody wrecked one right away, and he had a 2.5 RS, the original little one, yeah. and he tried to put a WRX engine in it, and it never worked. I mean, and I remember seeing... That's that an expensive project, yeah. Well, and, it, and nobody had done it at the time. I mean, yeah. I'm sure Subaru knew how to do it, but he was trying to do it in his garage, and he was kind of a... Well, he was a drug. Well, the ST, the, the, <laughs> the 2.5 RS. Well, he tried to put the, S, the he, STI he tried, one was a 2.2. Yeah, it was well, he tried to one. put the yeah he tried to put the turbo in it. So he had a 2.5 that wasn't turbocharged. Yeah, and he tried to put uh, engine. In it. it was just a whole thing. But and I remember him sitting there. I remember looking at the engine in the compartment and looking at the wiring harness, and they were trying to wire everything together, and it was just not. There was. 10,000 ways that could go together and it was never going to work and it never did unfortunately but um i think that's probably that's probably the dumbest car like the bmw was with all the stuff was dining so that was done you had in, oh, yeah. order, in order to get it's your fun. plastic badge it had to be done at a dealership you could order it put it in yourself but it wasn't the same thing um and then you know everything everything it's funny because as i've gotten older i've obviously knowing you too my research has gone so much deeper before i do anything as far as you know lifts and in you know, anything i do in the cars is is i think that's the one thing i've learned is is just there's now there's enough people like me that have done stupid shit somebody's <laughs> gonna have a video about it so yeah yeah, yeah. but most of mine haven't been too bad there's definitely been ones i've really regretted intakes on the gtr we just because of the I, without a tune it wasn't worth it it's one of the things that like they're worth it when you sure. do, when you tune it, but yeah. I didn't want to I didn't want to kill my warranty. Um, and same with same with the intake on the C seven Z six actually, intake was really worth it. Like there, there's a lot of been if I look over time, a lot of wasted money over time on things that just really didn't add up to the expectations. And in the, I think I've talked about this the redneck trade of the day. You know, I I, I bought an F one F one hundred a seventy one F one hundred, and I wish I'd kept it and kept it running because it was great. I traded it for a gun, um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> legally, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, such a um, loose thing to do. Yeah, was like, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but um, I wish I still had that. That was a neat truck. I, I and when it ran, which took it took a lot, but it was also a place like I'm a big guy and I could get under the hood of that car and close the hood pretty oh, much yeah. and work on it. Like if it was raining and, and it broke down. I didn't care. Yeah, so, my dad's 66 so. and 68. Like, I yeah. could fit in the engine bay yeah, it's, and work great. around. It was a lot of fun, but I, I regret getting rid of that. Um, it just wasn't – I didn't have the time or the effort, and it unfortunately ended up in my parents' garage, and there was a, a conversation about, you know, me taking up having two cars and them having <laughs> one car. So, you know, <laughs> honest conversation. So yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's funny. My blessed mother. <laughs> 
So, yeah. Um, um, so uh, what, is, what are people doing for winter projects? I, my winter project is I am, and this is something new, I am clear brawing. I'm, I'm doing a kit, a clear brawing my bike. Yeah, that's, a, that's funny to say. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we, we want to protect ourselves. And anybody out there, if you're going to get a new car, I, we always suggest going out and clear broad because even if you're leasing it or, you know, it's going to help you in the resale value of selling and things like that. But especially in 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 motorcycle world, in car world, in bicycle world, a lot of things are starting to be made of carbon. And they're mm-hmm. real pretty. And there's, you know, you want to protect it. And there's, you know, actually uh, the place I'm doing it is called the company out of uh, – whistler called ride wraps and it is literally i'm gonna this will be my first attempt to do this it looks like it's going to be pretty simple as far as you know they send you the solution they send you the squeegee and all that but it's going to be kind of fun to protect that i think that's going to be my my project the next few weeks as far as one piece at a time and i mean i have i've come to the realization slow and that steady <laughs> exactly i'm going to be, have to be slow and steady and really you know get it right because i bubbles will really show up on this bike so i'm looking forward to that and then obviously i'm going to be taking a lot of my grills products and ceramic coating it as much as i can yeah yeah if the mud doesn't stick i don't have to wash it as much right it really does help on bikes a hundred percent well you did on your lawnmower and it worked yeah much, so, exactly yeah. i was gonna yeah. say anything it's gr- grio ceramic three in one on everything that's my new motto for <laughs> yeah <laughs> anything with paint put grio <laughs> or toilet seats <laughs> And I keep saying this one of these days. It hasn't happened yet, and it probably won't happen. I will buy something, a product, a motorcycle, a car, or something, and it will stay sock, stock. But so far, not happened. So, Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think. There's always some little thing I have to do. Yeah. Cause this is what, I guess it depends on your version of stock, because the truck, no, because I, I replaced the intercooler and all that. But there's some things, like my Turbo S, that was pretty much stock. I, didn't, I painted the brake caliper. I you painted the calipers. Painted the calipers. Yeah, and, okay. But that's really it. Like, it's not really, that's a very easy cosmetic mod. Yeah. So, but you're still modding. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything I would leave stock anymore. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, okay, I mean, obviously, I'm not in that bracket, but I think if somebody, if, if, if the Lord gifted me a, a, a Senna, I would probably leave it stock, I think. True. I don't think I'd have a hard time leaving it stock. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah, hypercars maybe. Like, what are you going to do besides maybe add some custom color touches? Wheels, headsets inside. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, here's the thing, though. I'm right here, and here it goes. I mean, there's plenty of companies out there that do have tunes for the Senna, that have tunes for the LaFerrari, you know, and I feel like if you're in that tax bracket and you can afford it, then you can afford to, <laughs> the warranty's gone. Okay, well, let's, what else can we get out of this? So, yeah. who knows? I don't know. That's tough. Because um, I feel like, you know, car companies have to sell to the masses and when they sell to people like you and i we're buying a mass-produced car like we're, we're buying the corolla and i mean even if i bought a corolla or you know by the way the new freaking camry like that that with that sport yeah. package is i mean they're oddly fast they're oddly nobody, fast nobody wants to admit it oddly but they're good really looking like somebody <laughs> wouldn't buy a black one that had the full body kit they didn't have the wing i was like damn like i was like okay that's just us getting older i think <laughs> i know i know exactly you mean i can haul the family i wonder if my hips would hurt with driving that for six hours <laughs> yeah you know i don't know well i mean i have to appreciate how fast they are now no that's and my they point are. yeah it's, no, by anybody's standards they're not slow anymore no it's not just a, a badge anymore they're actually fast cars the car worlds are changing i know genesis brand i really like what genesis is doing that so i don't know what are you going to do for a winter project Shop. Um, Shop. Yeah, I get the concrete. Oh, you're not doing automotive. Pro- I mean, you technically are doing oh, automotive. I am. Pro- yeah, that, that's 100%. Doing a smart thing and pour it in concrete in the winter. Yep. <laughs> I, I reached out to the, the plumber's going to come by because uh, it's got water right outside the door there, but I'm going to do hot and cold taps and put a tankless hot water heater, heater in there, get that all ready to go. And then. Do a bathroom? 
Mm, I don't know if I will or not. Okay. I kind of want like it to. It would be a lot. Because you'd have to plummet into the house, right? Yeah, because it's a separate building. I don't know if I want to plummet all the way across to the septic. Yeah. I don't think it would be that difficult, but I don't want to trench. I don't know yeah, if it's I necessary. Feel, I, feel like, I mean, as much as I would like that, and, I, and it would be nice, I don't think I will. Um, yeah. And then I have to have the electric, electrician come out. That may be a larger project than I'm signing up. I want to sign up for but I will, will regret it if I don't. So I might just have it prepped for more wire because I'm, I'm, the shop is attached to the house as far as power goes. Yeah. And so I need three 240 outlets out there. Okay. Um, hot water heater. Does that mean whole new line coming from the house? Yeah. Oh. So, okay. and I'm going to see, I'm going to talk to an electrician first before I, we're going to see how big of a project that is because I could make it work off 110, but we'll see. How often are you going to use that big power? Air compressor is the biggest thing I'm thinking of. And then hot water heater is small enough that I could probably just go 110 on that. Well, I'm wondering if you could run the new stuff off of a generator, like a gas-powered generator, where it would just kick on when you need it kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I could, but I oh. really don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go explore my options. Because your electric lines, are, are, they, are they aloft or are they under the ground? Underground. You'd have to trench to get them out and put that new one in. Yeah. That's not like a simple put a coat hanger under the driveway and pull across. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll have somebody come out and, get, and tell me what I should do and what I shouldn't do and look at cost. Cost is always grounded at the house and where it burns across the driveway. You'll know, where, know it where it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, hmm. But yeah, but the big thing will be concrete. And I'm super excited for that because then I'm going to wait till spring to do the outdoor concrete, but the indoor concrete. You're literally sitting here talking about you're happy about getting concrete. I can't wait. Don't get me wrong. I want you to have a nice yeah, shop, too. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, complaining. Once but, the concrete's uh, yeah. in, the lifts can go in. Yeah. Once the lifts yeah. can go, you know, then the, you know, the full air system, like, I can actually have my fully functioning shop again. So You've done a pretty good job of having a shop, even being as mobile as you were in your younger years, as far as, you know... Yeah. I've made it a priority with every place I've lived that I had some kind but of with space. With the quick jacks and things like that, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's worked. You know, I mean, uh-huh. the idea of having a nice shop with built-in, you know, racks and things like that. I mean, are you, are you going to put a lift outside eventually? I don't know yet. Um, the only ideally, thing I could see is for washing under un, undercarriages. That's the only reason I could see to having a lift outside. What I thought about doing, and I've seen done, I've looked at this extensively, is an in-ground scissor lift that's not full height. It would go up to, like, waist level. Yeah. But, like, a service lift where you can put it on it. It's, a, it's basically a detail lift. And yeah. those are much much more... Like what Metropolitan had at, at where Ferrari Saddles now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can put on something, and you can just get it up at waist level. Yeah. So you can really get in there. And, like, you can do some work under that, too. But that's what I really want in the driveway. But that's kind of a stretch goal, because it would be... It would be some work to put that in. And then, of course, here it's so wet, you're maintaining it. I mean, no matter what it's made of, it's you've got electrical, you've got metal. You're going to have problems with this. Well, and my point is, and I know you're not pouring concrete outside, but you, that was that is something you'd have to plan ahead for and have the concrete guys set the pit there so that you could put oh, it in. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. I, I am planning. So I, that you wouldn't want to come back and cut it out is my point. Yeah, they have, there's an, yeah, there's an eight-inch slab going outside. Yeah. Right outside the shop. But you'd have to plan ahead and put that. You'd have to have them have the recessed area where the, the the lift, the sizzle lift, would set level with the ground, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. You can, well, with eight inches, I can do that. I can go. <laughs> I can go deep enough with eight inches, Nick. Okay. <laughs> no, I was gonna let that one I go, mean, but okay. Yeah. Twelve inches would be better. Oh, but absolutely. At some point, you're just yeah, too deep. <laughs> it's just about how you where, where you run the power. That's right. Interesting. Okay. Well, that's a, when. When does the whole. Uh, uh, as early as December, start. probably as late, no later than January. Okay. 
Within the next month, working with a good guy, I'm happy with. Yeah, I mean, I know you had to do a ton of research out there as far as. uh, Well, I'm mainly worried about the electrical and the plumbing, but those guys have assured me they can get it done pretty quick because I've got water right. Does all that have to be done before the concrete goes in? All I have to have is the um, the electrical, maybe. Okay. The plumbing, no, because it's already in there, and and so like it's there's already it's already tubed in. It already has its own dugout channel into the shop so we're just pouring around it anyway do they come in and, and re-level the floor the dirt floor of the shop or does that something you have to do okay oh they're doing all that for me okay. all i gotta do is empty it out that's still not, uh, a lot in that shop <laughs> not a lot no most of it's up on the walls now yeah i guess there's stuff up in the raptors too but um, yeah i can a lot of stuff i'm just moving up. yeah okay yeah okay interesting yeah i mean it's it's a weird winter in the fact of as far as doing projects because it's a little hard to get things. It's, it's you know, supply and demand is... It's coming back, though. It, it is coming yeah. back. I'm just saying, like, you know, I, not that I have anything that I want to do, but um, it's, uh, it's a lot of little projects that, that, you know, sometimes you go to the store and it's like they just don't have the stuff you want. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, those uh, Street Glow Undergrow kits. I'm right. you know, really the, Thanks, looking Amazon. forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's another thing I had on that Subaru. Oh, God. I had so many lights on that Subaru. Everybody <laughs> did back then. Look, you know, I thought I was so cool, and I know I didn't come up with this idea. So I wanted to put street glow under my car, which I did. And I had street, I had everywhere. Well, I wanted to light under the under my seat. Why? I don't know. Oh, yeah. So I took That's the, a common thing the now, street glow neon license plate frames, and I bolted two of those under my seats. Smart. I wired them wrong, and they both fried out. But um, <laughs> seeing a theme here, so yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I was going through the when I asked on Avance, I said I asked everybody, I want to see pictures. Of what yeah. they're doing. Man, a lot of people are doing some serious motor work. A lot of big turbos, a lot of motor swaps. Like, holy crap, guys! I'm impressed. Well, I mean, and I'm sure some of this was started during COVID, and then people had to go back to work. But uh, there's that's some, neat. There's some very pretty turbos going into things. Be good to be in the turbo business, but uh, yeah, <laughs> forbidden cotton candy in my new old garage is one of my favorite comments. Forbidden cotton candy, <laughs> pink my... insulation. Oh <laughs> God, I didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah, I got I'm spray foam in the shop. Hey, I noticed. I think Todd posted it up there um, as far as houses to buy in Oregon. Did you see that post? No. The house from Goonies. Oh, the house from Goonies sale? is for sale. Yes, I did. See <laughs> and that. I'm like. Oh, boy, that would be a fun house to have. You know, it'd be fun for a while until, like, you just had people stop by your house every day. I think I'd be totally open to it initially, and then I would probably get totally annoyed by it, but yeah. Yeah, just put up a bunch of IR blinders and charge people $5 for a photo. I'd just go out there in a Hawaiian shirt and tell everybody I'm chunk. (laughs) I spit out my beard. Even though he lost a ton of weight and he's a lawyer now, but, I mean, we're close, you know, so, uh, yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Uh, I've seen, I'm seeing people are getting up in the mountains. It looks like they've been a little bit, uh, there was a group that went over Stampede we saw through our group, uh, but it looked, it's funny because he sent us a photo, the first photo he says, like, there was like ages of snow, and the photo he sends us is under that railroad bridge, and there's no snow. snow. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, so uh, apparently it was a little icy, but uh, yeah, I think I think a lot of the mountains are freezing at night, so I think anything that oh, moisture's yeah. been up there, we just got rain tonight, so that should hopefully be... Slick out. I don't know. Well, I just hope, be, you know, everybody should be safe when they're driving, because then people are going to start traveling probably... They will have traveled by the time they heard this, but uh, travel safe. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, if you don't know, and I, I don't know if this episode, if the episode will be out yet. It depends on when this comes out. But we got a chance to go down to LeMay mm-hmm. and interview Rick, Rick Dore, Rick Dore, who is the. I mean, 
I knew him because he's the lead designer for he designs all the cars for James Hatfield yeah. from Metallica. But he has an incredible collection of cars that he talks about. Big, and he and he it, it it threw me off with the fact that his his inspiration comes from French cars. I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, the only person, the other person I know that's big into French cars is Blake. But yeah, you know, other than that, I haven't heard that. But obviously, Blake Bobby from Blake. Right Away Tire. That is yeah. Sorry, Blake yes. from Right Away Tire. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that was know. cool. Good audience down there. That was fun. That was fun. It was it Tacoma was, was a drive, but it was worth it. The fact it was early, yeah. So, yeah, you know. But great staff at LeMay. Great sound guy. Chrissy tricked us into going down there, and then she wanted to fly to Vegas and support her brother in his racing career. I mean, what type of person, supportive <laughs> person is she? You know, <laughs> how dare she be a good person? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know what else I did the other day? When it was, <laughs> it was nice out, but it was freezing, is I got all the motorcycles fired up. Okay. Um, just, I just cleaned them up, took them for a spin the other day, and I forgot to do, I, only for a second, I got down the road, and I was like, this feels weird. Oh, yeah, it's been cold. All my tires were at, like, 16 PSI. <laughs> so a little it was slower. Like, a little rotation. Slower. It was, like, yeah. a little spongy. What's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turned around, I was like, oh, yeah. So came back around and filled those back up. But, man, it was good to get the monkeys back out. I have, I keep, I mean, <laughs> I told you, I live a half a block from a gas station and I keep thinking I need to go do that I need to go because the monkey need, I need to fill it up and I mm-hmm. need to put that's another good tip I mean make sure that you're, make sure you your know, tanks are full tanks are full you're putting you know stable uh, in your fuel stable right. in your fuel and things like that um, but uh, yeah I need to do that the the CRF is, is ready to go but um, I, I still need to put an air filter in it <laughs> it's needed it for six months but I haven't ridden it enough so yeah get your uh, get your project cars off the concrete because they'll flat spot the tires yep. if you leave them there over the winter yep. um, yeah it was it's good to ride, though, man. I need to find a second place somewhere warmer, which means I need to make a lot more money, but I would like to have another place somewhere you should, warmer. You should work more. I think that's your problem. You don't work <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, warmer would be nice. I, just, I've, I love riding, and I miss it so much. And every time I get back on a bike, I'm like, ah, I want to do this all the time. Along those lines, and I, speaking of things I want to do, but I don't know if we want to do it, and I say we because you'd be helping me, is I think I want to put a trailer hitch on the back of the Subaru. That's easy. And they, well, it's not that easy because you have to cut the plastic in the bumper. And apparently, even the dealerships are eating up royally to the point where it's not looking good. So I've got to do some research into it, but it's still a $400 part. So, yeah, well, but no, there's, there's, especially for the wilderness, there's a kit that you have to get, and you have to... And I've watched, I mean, like, like usual, I've been watching a ton of videos. I would say the, if they have a template, we could probably, I would, I would spend the, probably not very much money, honestly, I mean, relatively, to go see one of our, like, one of our Avance partners, like R&R or somebody. Yeah. And just, just have say, them do it. And just have them cut it. Yeah. Not even finish it. Just like, hey, if you guys just cut this for me. Because yeah. it's funny. It's one of those things that you don't think about. I've, I've, and I'm not good at this. Yeah. So I'm saying it right now, but I have watched a lot of guys do it, which is why I don't do it. And it's, there's an art to knowing what speed to set the blade at when you're cutting through plastic. And it's different for every type of plastic. Too so slow, you, it'll catch. Too hot, you'll melt. Yeah, you and melt it. it. Yeah. And so you watch a body guy, like a really talented body guy, and they make look something, something that looks so simple. They, they just get it every time. And then the first time you're like, oh, I can do that. That's nothing. You're like, why is my bumper totally out of shape? And I totally didn't center it right. And it, like, ugh. Well, I mean, yeah. and along those lines, because I want it because then I could put the trailer on there if I needed to borrow your trailer or I can I can then get a a single bike rack in the back back there which I could lock to the car. Well, your bike's really light. You can just put it on the roof. I know. But, but the, the first time you pull it into a parking garage. Yeah. But everybody never, and inevitably I'm, does. I, and and that, that's my problem. Is I, I don't. do do Says the guy that ran into a beam that was where I park every day and I could see myself parking there and I mean and taking off my brand new bike. So yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't know. So I'm thinking 
But also I got to look into, obviously everybody does it with the Subarus as far as how that affects the sensors in the back. Uh, well, I mean, you wouldn't be cutting into the sensors. The sensors are just those I'm not cutting in the sensors. I'm talking about having a bike back there that would be floating near the sensors. So the minute, if you oh, were to back, beep, yeah, yeah just beep like crazy. I'm just, and also that member that the secret Subaru symbol back there where you put, if you hold your hand there long enough, it opens the tailgate. I know how to turn that off, but still. Does it turn back on every time you restart the car? It doesn't need That's to be what I'm off. wondering. That's what I have to figure out. There's yeah. a button, but yeah. So It's yeah. funny. I learned, so one of the most annoying things about the truck, well, of all vehicles to me, is that the, the is the seatbelt alarms. I get why it's annoying. They want you to wear your seatbelt, and you're clearly safer with it on. But when you're off-road, and you're going like five miles an hour, and you're getting in and out of the truck to cut down yeah. on the trees that are in the way, okay, I don't want to put on my seatbelt to drive literally half a mile into another tree. I want to be able to turn it off and on. The four-scan tool... <laughs> eight inches and four skins okay got yeah it. four scan tool will yeah. allow you to turn off the beeping which is uh something i'm gonna do but is that a safety issue oh yeah okay yeah it's probably one it's a too. safety issue it might be illegal and if you had that turned off and for some reason you got in an accident without your seatbelt on would you be probably I mean, i'm going back to our insurance conversation oh, yeah, probably so. There's a hack, and it worked on some of the older Subarus like we do, where you'd have to you'd, you'd put it in like auxiliary mode, and you click on click yeah. so many times. But yeah, um, Toyota used know. to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's some of these old tricks before you had computer via OBD2 control of everything. It was funny how you did that. Like, yeah, turn the car into the ox position twenty times within fifteen seconds. Click, 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 and then release the seatbelt three times and hold the steering stock up. And you're like, what? My '92 Subaru had the one where it was on a track where you would you open the door and it, and it moved forward, and then when you yeah. so you never had to worry about it. It was always on. Yeah, so, yeah, I like that. But probably should have worn a lap belt. But other than that, yeah. everybody did. It. That's why they stopped doing it. Yep. Like I remember the old Ford uh, Thunderbirds. A bunch of Fords had that. Yep. Cool. All right, right, well, um, you know, uh, if you hear this after Thanksgiving, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. You hear it before Thanksgiving, I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Or on Thanksgiving. Or on Thanksgiving. Who knows? Who knows when you're going to see this? Maybe you'll never hear it. Adam will listen to it and go, I don't, you guys can't put that out. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Our podcast overlord. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, well, what? One more. I got a new new tool. Oh. It's a new to me tool. I had my last set stolen. I finally got a new tap and die set, right? So I have the funniest story about this. So I, the one I wanted was from Sears of all places. Um, the 75 piece from Sears. One, it's pretty cheap. Uh, two, according to Project Farm, it's the best one you can get. They use a different kind of steel in it than most of them. Project Farm? I've never heard of YouTube that. channel, Project Farm. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah gotcha. Love that guy. Need to get him on the show. Anyway, so Sears is hanging on by a thread of existence. Even online, their website crashes all the time. Like they need the, to put up their catalog again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they're still... Craftsman is bought out by, I don't remember who. I think Lowe's has it. Lowe's, yeah. yeah, right? So they'll still warranty and honor the warranty through Lowe's. It's not as good, though. They used to replace the tool. Then Now you send it back and they weld it back together. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted this tap and die set. Well, Sears had my old address in there. Even in, remember I said their website's hanging on by a thread? I, I fixed it, ordered it, and it still sent it to my old address. Of course. And I verified that I sent it to the right address. Yay, screenshots. Like the one on the lake? No, Arlington. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. I hadn't used Sears in like since 2013 or 2012 or something. Yeah. Anyway, so they lost it, and I fought with them back and forth, like saying, "Hey, you guys sent it to the wrong address. Like, I can prove that I put it in the right address, and you still sent it to the wrong address." I didn't lose it. Some guy up in Arlington got a new set, a new tab, and died. Right. So, yeah. And Sorry. so they have no phone service. You can't call and talk to anybody. It does not exist for yeah, the records because they, they don't sh- want to talk to you. All they have is a chat line with the four different people oh, who contracted out. And yeah. you chat back and forth and over and over again. I'm like, you guys lost this. Like, I can send you a screenshot. Yeah. And 
finally they admitted it. They still weren't going to do anything about it. So I did a chargeback on my my card. Thank God for BECU. They were like, yeah, clearly I sent them the screenshots. Here's where they sent it. Here's the tracking. They sent it the wrong one. I'm not driving to Arlington. Yeah. Like that's not going to send it at this point in the truck. It cost me more in fuel than the $75 I spent on the thing. BECU did the chargeback, gave me my money back. Two weeks later, Sears gives me my money back. <laughs> Just randomly showed up in my account after selling, telling me they couldn't do anything. So okay. I got double my money back. So I ordered it again. Okay. Sent it to my new address. Got it three days later. Yeah. Same price. So I have a free plus paid me to deal with their crap. Oh. Tap and nice hat. I mean, I guess in the end, you win. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I would give you your money back. I didn't mean to take it. <laughs> I tried to call you, but you yeah, don't have exactly. a phone number. Like, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I yeah. guess for my inconvenience, I'm taking this tool set. Fair enough. I don't really know what to do at this point. I, I don't think, feel like I'm in a moral dilemma here, but it was you, an interesting I, story. Honestly, you've done the right thing, so you're good. Yeah. I'm like, I'd so, really tried to do the right I'd thing. I'd solve you of your serious sins. <laughs> your serious sins, yes. Yeah. So there's my confession. There you go. I'm really happy with my new tap and die set. There you go. Cool. <laughs> Glad I can't wait to find a ways to use it. I'm so, sure yeah. I will strip out an aluminum piece here and there. Absolutely. You're doing it on purpose. Like, ah, oh, I should be get that. Yeah. You know, I, I used my old one the most with motorcycles. Like a swing arm bolts, things like that, like for chain guides, things like that. Like, yeah. So there's so much dirt and the aluminum. They breaks. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right. Well, that's story time with us on the Avance Podcast. <laughs> we haven't been drinking either. So, uh, For this episode of the Avance Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Dan, and don't just get there. Enjoy the drive.